On a Wednesday, I am on location. I am at the Falls of Brookhaven Apartment Complex, West Norman's premier apartment complex. Come to the home of uh, a very prestigious location over here in beautiful West Norman. Their apartment homes are located in the Brookhaven area. Easy access to I-35, Sooner Mall, the University Town Center, University of Oklahoma, Westwood Park, the movie theaters, all the restaurants, uh, Norman Regional Healthplex, all very easy to get to. We are here today. I'm going to be out here until uh, 2 o'clock at the Falls at Brookhaven, about uh, about a mile away from my home, Shea Stadium as well. How's everybody doing here on a Wednesday? Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Parker Thune, you have crystal balled one uh, DJ Hicks to Oklahoma, correct? Uh, yeah, how about that, Steely? And look, this is this is probably long overdue. I mean, if for those that listen to this show and for those that listen to Locked In with myself and Tyler McComas, things have been trending this direction for months and months and months. However, when you're dealing with a five-star, you never want to take anything to the bank too early because things can get hairy, especially down the stretch. I think we've about gotten to the point in the DJ Hicks recruitment, though, where I am comfortable making the assertion that things are not going to get hairy down the stretch, and that in the end he's going to be a Sooner. Well, that's obviously uh, very encouraging for Oklahoma fans, and uh, I, I think the concern was, correct me if I'm wrong, that you know A&M's money might beat out Oklahoma's culture, and like Oklahoma has some uh, NIL opportunities as well, and when you're a five-star kid like uh, DJ Hicks, you're going to get your, your fair share, no doubt. But a lot of people thought, man, A&M and all that money – they might beat out Oklahoma in this race for D.J. Hicks, but apparently uh, D.J. Hicks loves the momentum of Oklahoma's recruiting class, and uh, obviously uh, a lot of people believe that he's buying into the the family culture at Oklahoma. It seems that way, Steely. And look, as this recruiting class wraps up for Oklahoma, and it is getting ready to wrap up here in the next couple months, I don't believe that come National Signing Day, Day there will be any intrigue Left, I think Oklahoma could very well have their entire class recruited and committed and locked in by November. As we wind down the stretch here, DJ Hicks was always going to be the biggest unquantified variable left on the board for Oklahoma, and he will be until the day he commits. But now, with the knowledge that it seems safe to assume Hicks is going to be a Sooner, now you can turn your attention... Uh, whether as a recruiting fanatic or a casual listener of this show, you can start to turn your attention to a couple guys in particular because it does appear that the DJ Hicks recruitment is in hand in favor of Oklahoma. Now the focus kind of shifts to guys like Malachi Coleman and to Celia Kana. We got a decision from Jordan Renaud coming up in about three weeks. And then, of course, the one I hate to talk about, the one that... I really have no desire to get deep into the weeds with until we get some tangible update as to where his recruitment is headed. But Oklahoma is still right there in the mix for five-star safety Peyton Bowen. As things sit right now, Steely, if you're playing out the numbers and you're counting on Oklahoma to get everybody that they want down the stretch or even the majority of the guys that they want, this is going to be a top three class in all likelihood come the end of the cycle was to do that in year one, and we have talked about it extensively, 
but it's starting to become real now. To do that yeah, in year one at the University of Oklahoma for Brent Venables and this staff is beyond what anybody could have expected. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you talked about, uh, by the way, you know, we kind of always presume, and I'm sure 90% of our audience knows, hey, who's DJ Hicks? Well, he's the number one interior defensive line prospect in the country out of the state of Texas. Uh, and he's always been, you know, kind of like the icing on the cake to a really good class already. But, as you said, there are other variables out there. Oklahoma appears to be leading on Jordan Renaud. They appear to be leading uh, or very much in the race uh, for Malachi Coleman. And, uh, you know, the Sooners would love to get the double flip down the stretch. Peyton Bowen would be huge from Notre Dame to Oklahoma. He's a Denton kid. Jackson Arnold's his teammate. Ryan Yates, same situation. Now, Ryan Yates is a four-star, but, again, committed to LSU would be a huge flip for Oklahoma. So there are a lot of things that Sooner fans are hoping will happen down the stretch. And uh, we've talked about this for a while. I think Renata looks pretty much in Oklahoma's camp. We've talked about the Suliakana. Uh, Oklahoma appears to be in good shape there. Malachi Coleman, that uh, that recruitment got a little bit easier for Oklahoma with Nebraska imploding against Northwestern and all the message board stuff that his parents were upset about. And uh, if you, you know, I know if you've stated a couple times, you kind of believe that Malachi Coleman is, is kind of looking for a reason to get out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, you got a couple reasons last week, right? So, again, that September 17th game in Lincoln is going to uh, be huge for Oklahoma to go there and play well and win that game. And if they win it handily, that's another feather in the Sooners' cap in terms of getting him. So there are so many great things that could still happen down the stretch. And if you add D.J. Hicks, if you add Peyton Bowen and he flips from Notre Dame officially, heads, uh, you know, makes his commitment to Oklahoma and signs with the Sooners, you're looking at four or five stars in this class. And you talk about, like, the fantasy island scenario for Sooner fans in recruiting. <laughs> you know, I know it's not going to be Alabama's class. It may not be the number two class. But as you're saying, I, I think they'd be in pretty good shape for a top three. And I think Sooner fans would say, thank you very much. We'll take that. Hey, Mike, I don't and, – and sorry, I, I, this literally just came across. I just got the notification, and I didn't know if you've seen, you'd seen this yet. This became – this tweet came out about 10 minutes before we hit air. But apparently there are now discussions – imagine that. There are now discussions, per Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, about Texas and Oklahoma leaving early for the SEC. So Imagine that, that is, with the uh, Big 12. Uh, we saw the news that the Big 12 was entering in – to uh, discussions with their TV partners on a new deal, and you kind of thought, you know, subtitle there, clears way for Oklahoma and Texas to leave, quote-unquote, sooner than expected, maybe. There's a lot happening this morning, Steely. There's Wanya, a lot happening Wanya right Morris, now. Wanya Morris, I mean, we get the Wanya uh, Morris the situation. Morris stuff we haven't even talked about. We haven't touched yeah. on that yet, and I know Plank and Josh were talking about it towards the end of their show, and I know there were the reports kind of circling uh, making the rounds about Wanye Morris and this legal dispute that he's apparently in. Look, from what I understand, that's a big nothing burger. But uh, I also am of the understanding that Wanye Morris is not going to play this weekend against UTEP on Saturday and that it is academic-related as opposed to mm. uh, as opposed to having anything to do with that particular legal issue. 
Yeah, and look, that's a huge disappointment. What are the Sooners going to do? Will it be one of the two Jakes? Will it be Tyler Guyton moving over uh, you know, to the other side? Who knows what's going to happen? What do you expect Oklahoma to do uh, with that spot coming up Saturday? Yeah, I think you'll see both Tyler Guyton and Jake Sexton. I think the Sooners are going to give both of them a good amount of reps over these first couple of games to kind of see what they've got in both of those guys. And those are both players that have the ability to play at either tackle position. And they're guys that we have heard really good things about throughout fall camp. I remember talking to a source at the very, very beginning of fall camp. This might have been a weekend. And this individual told me, look, obviously your best laid plans do not involve a true freshman at offensive tackle when you look at the depth that Oklahoma has right now across the offensive line. In an ideal world, you'd like to have Anton Harrison and Wanye Morris entrenched as your starting tackles. But what this source told me was Jake Sexton looks good enough that if we needed him to play, he could play. And it looks like he's going to hear his number called a lot sooner than even he anticipated. And in Tyler Guyton, you got a guy who's six foot seven, three hundred and twenty pounds, absolute freak of an athlete. And so I think what you're going to have over the first couple of weeks is a timeshare between those two at right tackle. If I had to place bets, and you're kind of going to see which one of them is more ready for the moment and able to hold their own against two defensive lines and that of UTEP and Kent State that shouldn't present a significant challenge, but that also could provide a reasonable litmus test for a guy like Guyton or a guy like Sexton, neither of whom, obviously Sexton has not played at all at the collegiate level. Guyton has seen some action at tackle over the course of his first couple of years in college football playing at TCU. But it makes me wonder, Mike, and it has to make you wonder, in this day and age, and especially at the University of Oklahoma, with everything that Brent Venables and this staff have preached about competition and about making the most of the opportunities you're given. It makes you wonder that if Tyler Guyton and or Jake Sexton really pops over these first couple mm-hmm. of games, might yeah. Wanye Morris get his job yeah. stolen from underneath his nose? He opened the door for those guys is what he did. He opened the door, and again, we don't know, maybe he would have struggled somewhat, Wanya Morris, if he played against UTEP Saturday. But, again, those guys are getting their opportunity now, and sometimes that happens. So, Wanya Morris, man, got to get his act together. And, you know, he didn't play much last year. This was a preseason All-Big 12 selection. Wanya Morris, a former five-star who was, you know, really a good offensive lineman at Tennessee. And then, uh, you know, came through the portal to Oklahoma and so far has been a disappointment. He's got to get his act together. Uh, it is your understanding that he would be available if he gets everything together for Nebraska. That it, Kent State's part of this as well? Uh, from what I have been told, I know for a fact he's not going to play this weekend against UTEP. It sounds as though uh, the suspension is going to carry over to the Kent State game as well. That was kind of the That was what I initially heard a couple of days ago was that this was going to be a two-game thing, that it was academic. I talked to several folks that corroborated that, and that was before news of this whole legal dispute thing uh, kind of hit the mainstream. I really don't believe uh, that that is coming into play at all, from what I understand. It, it's just an academic thing, as far as I know, 
and he's going to sit out at least the first game, probably the first two games from what I understand, but he will be available when the Sooners make their first road trip of the year up to Lincoln, Nebraska. Again, though, got to wonder, you leave the door open for two guys that have made strides in fall camp in Tyler Guyton and Jake Sexton. Now it might not be a certainty that Wanye Morris is your starting right tackle when the Sooners make that trip up to Nebraska anyway. All right, I am here today at the Falls at Brookhaven, West Norman's premier apartment uh, living. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be here until 2 o'clock. Uh, their apartment homes are located right here in the Brookhaven area. Easy access to I-35, Sooner Mall, the University Town Center, OU, Westwood Park, movie theaters, bunch of restaurants, Norman Regional Health Complex. Great place here, the Falls at Brookhaven. Also, thank you to our First hour sponsor, Last Year Home Comfort Systems. Give them a call. They'll do great work for you. 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. All right, we're just getting warmed up. When we get back, we will hear from a guy who has been one of the big stories at Sooner Camp so far, getting ready to uh, play some against UTEP, no doubt. Coming up Saturday, that would be Justin Harrington. We'll do that next right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref.
Sooners are back this Saturday, opening up the uh, Brent Venables era against Texas El Paso, 2.30 on Fox. We will have our pregame show beginning at 8.30 in the morning. We'll be all over Campus Corner. We'll be at Balfour. We'll be everywhere, uh, you know, over by the uh, uh, Hertz Donuts location. So look for us. Uh, Yo Pablo, after the game, we're going to be everywhere on Campus Corner on Saturday. All right, we will get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, coming up in the next segment. Anything uh, that you want to ask us about or tell us about or opine about, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm here at the Falls at Brookhaven Apartment Homes, and uh, very impressive out here. Nice people out here, beautiful area of Norman. And if you're looking for a new apartment home, this would be a great place to come visit. Uh, They're right over off West Rock Creek Road. If you know where the uh, Walmart neighborhood market is, that 7-Eleven on the corner, there's a new car wash over here. Just go east, or I'm sorry, west past 36th on Rock Creek, and you can't miss um, the Falls of Brookhaven. Very impressive apartment homes out here. Okay, uh, let's hear from a guy that has gotten a lot of hype during uh, camp. Remember Justin Harrington left Oklahoma last year, went into the portal, and guess what? Nobody nobody was interested, really, in Justin Harrington. So he comes back to Oklahoma, and he had several meetings with Brent Venables and the coaches to get back. He doesn't have a scholarship yet, but guess what? He's made an impact in camp. And you always, when you look at, you know, the frame of Justin Harrington and the skill set there, that he could be a player at Oklahoma, but it just never worked out under the previous staff. Now he's got a second chance, currently listed as the backup cheetah behind Deshaun White on the depth chart. Here's what Justin Harrington said in a brief conversation with the media yesterday down in Norman. The last what year been like for you, going from you know, where you were four games into last season, that whole process, and the decision to come back? Um, well, I feel like the new coaching staff did a great job, and um, I, I applaud them. Um, they didn't have to bring me back, so um, every day I just take advantage of it. You know, I use my teammates to make sure, you know what I'm saying, I attack every day. What, what was it that made you decide to at least explore the possibility of coming back here? It's nothing really like Oklahoma, honestly. I mean, I committed here, and, and that's that's what went through the pro, uh, thought process of me coming back. Can't get anything better than this. The development, the the competition around here, you know what I'm saying, the integrity, the accountability, everything, just the whole all the way down. Can't get anything better. Coach Venable said today that your family reached out to him and thanked him for your opportunity. Yes, that's 100%. My mom, my, my, mom, my dad, I thank him every day after, after our meetings. You know, he didn't have to do that again. I, I make sure I tell him I'm thankful and I leave it out on the field every day. There you go. Justin Harrington, uh, redshirt senior, last go-round in college football. And uh, if he plays well, I think there's a chance we might see one of those videos where he's getting a scholarship again. Justin Harrington coming back to the Sooners and uh, making his presence felt in fall camp. So, Parker, I guess Sooner fans, Sooner coaches are hoping this uh, last-chance version of Justin Harrington finally turns into the Justin Harrington that a lot of people have been uh, hoping to see. Well, yeah, physically it's always been there with Justin Harrington. I feel he was one of those guys, and there were a lot of guys that fall into this category, Steely. There were a lot of players that were misused by the former staff in Oklahoma. And – one of the things, and I don't know if you have, I don't know if this was a clip 
that you cut, so I don't want to steal your thunder if so, but I'll just paraphrase here. But we got to talk to Woody Washington last night, and one of the things he said about Jay Valai is that it's nice to be coached by a guy who knows what he's doing. On a first-hand basis. The position. Because Roy Manning was a linebacker, Roy right? Manning was a linebacker's coach. He is a linebacker's coach by trade, and it was not any particular secret that he had no business coaching defensive backs. It was also not any particular secret that he was unpopular among his players. And so the Sooner staff tried a bunch of different looks for Justin Harrington. They eventually ended up working him at cornerback last year, coming off the ACL injury cornerback was just never where he was going to be most comfortable or where he was best suited with his skill set and his physique I think the cheetah position is an ideal for fit for him and I think you will see him rep at safety quite a bit as well but now that you have a staff in place that gets it on the defensive side of the football and pound for pound is leaps and bounds better than the former staff I don't think there's any argument to be made there I'm really excited about what Justin Harrington's ceiling is going to look like because I think this new staff, and you're already starting to see this, right, Steely? You're already starting to see that this new staff has unlocked a side of Justin Harrington that the former staff simply could not. Yeah, and that's when, you know, the news, and and we knew that Jaden Davis was doing a lot of good things in camp. But when the depth chart came out and we thought, you know, there's a chance that Jaden Davis is going to be starting. And guess what? Jaden Davis is starting. Now, if that announcement had been made with the previous staff still intact at Oklahoma, a lot of people would have been saying, what? But I think with Brent Vittables and with Jay Bly coaching the DBs now and, uh, you know, just the uh, defensive uh, acumen, obviously, that Brent brings and uh, Ted Roof brings and Jay Bly and all these guys that came aboard, you get a feeling these guys know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So I think when the, the Jaden Davis news came out, a lot of people are like, eh, you know, I trust in Brent. I trust in Jay Belai. Jaden Davis probably is looking like a different Jaden Davis. I mean, Jaden Davis, it, we, we, the thing with Davis is he's played well in spurts. And, again, this goes back to coaching, right? And this goes back to Roy Manning versus Jay Belai. And this goes back to the Alex Grinch regime versus the Brent Venables regime. This boils down to coaching because you have seen Jaden Davis play well in spurts over the years. He was never able, able to cultivate consistency. And he has taken massive strides this offseason. When you're talking about two guys that have – well, shoot, three guys. I'm going to throw another guy in there as well. Three guys that arguably made the biggest strides throughout the offseason. For my money, it starts with Jaden Davis, not necessarily in this order either. Jaden Davis, Justin Harrington, Kendall Dennis. Those three are completely different players than they were a year ago. That's coaching. They're the exact same human beings. They've just been coached better, and they've been yeah. developed better. And, and, again, I think that's why a lot of people, because if you talk about, and that's what people are looking at nationally, man, on the defensive side of the ball, I know Brent's got a great reputation, but, man, they lost Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas and Perion Winfrey and Brian Asamoah and DeLaren Turner-Yell. Patrick Fields is, is out at Stanford now. They've got a bunch of guys to replace. They do. 
But I think most Oklahoma fans, and if you're close to the situation, the feeling is that these guys are going to be coached a lot better on that side of the football. Now, I don't want to take away from a guy like Brian Odom. I think he's a really good football coach. And Alex Grinch actually did a few good things. But this staff versus that staff, when you particularly have Roy Manning coaching in the defensive backfield, it's going to be night and day. And I think the way they've been trained, obviously, with Jerry Smith's going to make them better. I'm not saying that Oklahoma's going to go 11-1 and 1 and 12-0 and 0 and be in the playoff. I, I think they have a chance because I still think Oklahoma and Texas have better football players than everybody else in the league. Texas hasn't had the culture and the coaching that Oklahoma has. And that's why I'm picking Oklahoma to, to win the league, particularly with the home schedule they have. But I, I just think that Sooner fans feel a lot more at ease with who they have coaching these guys on defense right now, you know. And that's why I can't wait to see them play on Saturday. And I'm not saying this is going to be the 85 Bears or the 2000 Oklahoma defense, you know, when when the Sooners are playing great defense, you know, with the Selman brothers and Rod Show in the 80s with Bosworth and Casillas and Ricky Dixon. But they're going to be improved on defense because I think they're going to be in the right spot. I think they're going to tackle better. I think they'll be tougher, more physical. Uh, can't wait to see how it unfolds on Saturday. Okay, Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Steelman and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We're three days out. Three, Sterling Shepard, Daryl Ray. We had Daryl on uh, last Friday. Great guy, great barbecue too. Um, great safety for the Sooners and the New York Jets. Everybody remembers the great career of Sterling Shepard. Had some good threes through the years at Oklahoma. All right, we're going straight, I mean straight, to the Air Comfort Solutions text line next, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So keep it right here on the ref.
Okay, we're back. Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope your Wednesday's going well. Three days away from kickoff for the Sooners, 2.30 against Texas El Paso at Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium on a Saturday. Our pregame show begins at 8.30 a.m. I am out here at the Falls at Brookhaven. You're looking for a nice apartment home. This is a place you need to check out, 405-701-8233. That's 405 405- 701-8233 or the falls at brookhaven.com. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's head there, 405-651-3439. We always get a great response on the text line. So, Parker, let's head there. Kylan Brokenbow says, I'm in the mood for a Parker, have you seen this movie question? Best football movie of all time, The Program. Have you seen it? No, Kylan Brokenbow, I have not seen it. I know that shocks no one. Actually, it might shock a few people because there is one genre of movie uh, that I've, I've I've seen a lot of the classics. It's probably sports movies, naturally. But no, I have not seen the program. Have you seen the program, Steely? I, you know, I've never seen the program, and uh, I, I just I just never got around to it. But if I'm looking at um, best football movies. Uh, you know, like Brian's Song, which was a network movie on ABC with Billy Dee Williams and the late James Caan uh, back in the 70s. Is it a football movie? Yeah, it's a football movie. Uh, more of a movie about the relationship between two teammates, but uh, I would consider that a football movie. Now, is The Longest Yard a football movie? The original, by the way, which is vastly superior to the uh, the remake. And not that I minded the remake, but The Longest Yard, the Burt Reynolds movie, was a classic. It's also kind of a prison movie, but I'm going to go. Friday Night Lights was very good. There are a lot of mixed feelings on Rudy. I thought it was pretty inspirational. I know the real-life Rudy is supposedly a jerk, but, you know, just watching the movie, it was was pretty cool. Um, What about you if you had to pick, like, three football movies? Remember the Titans, I think, was really good. The Blind Uh, Side is probably my all-time favorite movie. Really? Yes. Hmm. Yes. And, look, I... It might have a special place in my heart because I have an adopted sibling. That might be why it uh, resonates with me as much as it does. But to me, I I don't know that I have seen or will see a movie that is as good as The Blind Side. It is my favorite movie ever. Well, and you've got Sandra Bullock, and you can't lose with Sandra Bullock. No, I you mean, really can't. She's America's she's America's sweetheart, right? And her performance in that movie is absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, one you, listener you, says you get, Nick, you get the real Nick Saban in that movie too. That that is true, and the real Ed Orgeron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz being uh, the geriatric that he well, is. Was was uh, Ed Orgeron talking about that Twitter machine? They need to take out that Twitter machine. No, because that was before Twitter, Steely. Yeah, that was, right. Yeah, I know. That was almost twenty years ago now. Dang. Was he hitting on uh, you know LSU administrators' wives at the gas station? Back not at then, that point not. in his career. No, not no. at that point. He didn't have that kind of sway. Uh, best sports movie of all time. In fact, greatest movie of all time, Vision Quest, says another listener. I've never seen that one either. Vision Quest, man. You had Brian Shoup, Loudon Swain. And it was pretty good. It wasn't pretty good. And they kept playing Only the Young by Journey over and over. And they also played, of course, uh, the one-hit wonder. Oh, Lunatic Fringe from Red Rider in that movie back in the day. It was a, that was a good, solid wrestling movie, no doubt. 
Sam in Edmond asks, every year there's a surprise commit or two that no one was talking about. Do you see any surprises this year, and who could that possibly be? Well, yeah, Sam, but I think those surprises have already happened. Those surprises in my eyes are, well, you have to start with Keon Brown because his commitment was out of the blue. And, and that's because he was that great was at, the, at, the, at the camp, right? Yes, They, they saw correct. him at the camp and thought, wow, it's kind of like when Teddy Lehman came and ran and those everybody was like at the camp like, man, look at this kid from Fort Gibson. So that can happen. That's what happened with Keon Brown. Now, if you're talking surprises in terms of guys that you just never would have imagined would be Sooners, that conversation starts with Colton Vosick. I remember getting the text the night of the party at the Palace at like 1 a.m. that Colton Vosick just committed to Oklahoma. And I was thinking, oh boy, if this staff can get Colton Vosick when 72 hours ago he wasn't even supposed to be on campus at Oklahoma this weekend, oh boy, they can get anybody they want. And down the stretch here, this OU staff looks poised to get just about anybody they want. So that was yeah, a surprise. And, it, and uh, no Josiah doubt. Wagner, the four-star cornerback out of Washington, is another guy. That, yeah, especially that one kind of was a good pull. Especially yeah, because I, I he agree. never took an official visit. He still hasn't mm-hmm. taken an official visit. The Sooners got him locked down without using an OV. And again, uh, like I said, 90, 95% of you know who Colton Vosick is, but he's the kid from Austin-Westlake, defensive end. His, his dad played football at the University of Texas, and he's leaving Austin, and he's going to be playing at Oklahoma. So that was a great get. And I, it's weird how the Anthony Evans commitment last Friday, at least, became a surprise because of the direction everybody thought that that was heading, and that was straight to Athens, Georgia, with a commitment for the Bulldogs. But, again, uh, it came down to, like, the last hour, and Anthony Evans decided, you know what, Uh, I think I'm going to OU. Yeah, and and you you saw Anthony Evans acknowledge it in an interview. He was like, I told the OU staff I was going to Georgia. And then things changed. Apparently it was Jay Valai that had a pretty substantial hand in turning the tide. Jeff Levy and Brent Venables, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the week, were also instrumental in that process. But, yeah, Anthony Evans woke up a bulldog and went to bed a Sooner uh, last Friday. That was about how that went down. Uh, back to the air. Well, if, if uh, go ahead. I, I was going to tell one story that's similar to that. If, if I'm – unless this is just a legend, but I've been told this many times, that Earl Campbell – had it down to Oklahoma and Texas. Earl Campbell won the uh, Heisman Trophy 1977. Terry Miller of Oklahoma State was runner-up. Uh, the Tyler Rose, the famous Earl Campbell, Pro Football Hall of Famer. It was down to Oklahoma and Texas. And I can't remember if it was – I think it was if I sleep through the night, I'm going to Texas. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm going to Oklahoma. So it may have been the, the opposite. But anyway, that's how Earl Campbell, what I was told, made up his mind and ended up at Texas. And he was a force, no doubt. Shannon, okay, Shannon Newcastle asks, is Stacy Gage committing tomorrow? No, you got to keep in mind, all the, all the tweets you're going to see about tomorrow being a big day, it just signifies the end of the dead period where recruits are expecting to hear from college coaches once again. So that is why you will see a lot of tweets, not just from Stacy Gage, but from other prospects as well, about how big tomorrow is. But for Stacy Gage... Uh, I I haven't had the opportunity to dig deep onto what exactly he's teasing because he did kind of tease a coming announcement. 
I expect that to be a top schools list. I do not get the sense right now that Stacey Gage is close to committing, uh, but I will do some more digging on that. Another asks, uh, Steve Wolfong mentioned Samson Okunlola in an article today. Any smoke there? That's a guy that Oklahoma's been quietly in the mix for for some time. I don't expect him to be a Sooner right now, but I do know an official visit this fall is very much on the table. So something to monitor, although not necessarily something to get your expectations up about. Uh, Another asks, is there a limit to the number of OVs a school can invite recruits on per season? Yes, I believe that number is 51, if I'm not mistaken. It might be 56. 53? It's 50-something. It's 50-something. I know that. I need to fact-check myself. But, uh, yes, the Sooners have used to this point, I want to say 35, 36 of those official visits thus far in the 2023 cycle. So uh, spots are going to tighten up. OVs are going to tighten up for Oklahoma this fall. And right now they are kind of targeting Bedlam against Oklahoma State, which is November 19th, if I'm not mistaken as kind of their big official visit day this fall. There you go. And speaking of the Cowboys opening up tomorrow night, we're not far away from Oklahoma State, Central Michigan, tomorrow night, uh, 6 o'clock kick there in Stillwater at the Boone, and that will be on Fox Sports 1. Riverwind Casino celebrating their 16th anniversary, 16 years of great gaming, great entertainment, Incredible promotions, and uh, at Riverwind, you can always play the electronic games, the table games. They've got everything out there, and they also have great dining, a world-class hotel, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. You want to watch the game, have a cold brew, and have some good food. Chips and Ales is the place to be. You really want to put some calories on, uh, and you want to have a great steak or seafood a great brunch the river buffet is clean it's efficient it is tremendous friday night is steak night at the river buffet saturday a night is seafood night at the river buffet and a great brunch on sunday great promotions as always they just gave away five trips to oklahoma nebraska in the battle of the big reds promotion out there and three trips to ou texas weekend uh, including everything you need for the game, hotel, transportation, everything. That was the race to the Red River promotion. Always creative, always exciting, always the best, the one and only Riverwind Casino. Thanks to them, again, uh, for being with us here on The Rep. And you can always call in. Our guests are on with us, 405-329-9000 on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Break time right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, coming right back on the home of Sooner fans.
Okay, Mike Steely here at the Falls at Brookhaven. The uh, apartment homes here are really, really nice, located in the Brookhaven area of Norman. Easy access to I-35, Sooner Mall, University Town Center, OU, Westwood Park, movie theaters, restaurants, all kinds of restaurants, of course, over here in this area, and at Norman Regional Hospital, the Healthplex over here. All easily accessible. These are really good-looking apartment homes. They've got all kinds of four plans, one-bedroom, two-bedroom plans, three-bedrooms, two-bath plans. Uh, They've got everything you're looking for. Beautiful-looking pool out here as well. All the amenities uh, you're looking for, garage parking available. They've got a saltwater pool with a sun deck and grill pet parks, 24-hour emergency maintenance, Internet cafe, uh, courtesy patrol, everything out here at the falls at brookhaven all right parker's back in the brown o'haver studios all right so brent venables is very fiery you knew that when he was in norman you also saw him in all those big time marquee matchups when clemson was playing uh in the playoffs and winning national championships brent you know had the whole you gotta have a hold them back guy brent's always been fiery and passionate but bob stoops on with the rush yesterday as he is each and every tuesday well, Bob said he was not worried about Brent's sideline annex. Here's what he had to say. I was no different than Brent as a D coordinator. In fact, there's a picture of Carla Kolak, who came here from Florida, uh, pulling me off the sidelines many years ahead of Brent. And she's tugging, she's tugging on my uh, headphones, pulling me off the sideline. And you become the head coach and... You know, and there'll be times, and there were times I, I was, but I was much different than I was as a D coordinator, as a head coach. And Brent knows, listen, he knows how to handle himself. He'll be a great leader. He'll be a great head coach. And, and uh, yeah, too much is being made of that. All right, so Brent's going to be fiery and passionate. That's the way he is. But uh, would Miguel Chavis be the number one guy for sideline annex do we know if miguel chavis is going to be on the sideline or will he be down uh will be up in the booth i would i would think he'd be on the sideline do yeah you there's know anything oh, there because the, I, there's absolutely no way you're keeping miguel chavis in a booth for 60 i wouldn't of think football. so I, I wouldn't think so yeah uh, he'd be pressing the elevator down button you know jamming his or you just there, see probably him careening the first couple out minutes. the window down onto the sidelines <laughs> yeah yeah, that's what they need, like uh, just a, a zip line to get down there. So uh, so is Miguel Chavis going to be that guy? That guy Super fiery, of... hold him, the guy that needs the holdback uh, assistant? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, that's Miguel Chavis. Miguel Chavis is a young Brent Venables. The parallels mm-hmm. between the two are striking. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, man, I tell you what he's done, too, man. He has proven himself in the recruiting ranks already, too. Uh, He's been a great recruiter for Oklahoma so far. I mean, it's just been amazing. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439 on the Air Cover Solutions text line. From uh, Twitter, Tom Dunning Photos, Possums is a low-key cult football movie with the Kang. I think he meant to say the King. No Oscar winner, but fun. Yes, I've seen Possums. Also, Mac Davis was the uh, play-by-play guy for for the high school team Possums, which also uh, features the the efforts of the great Calvin Steves, Norman Legend, and yes, Barry Switzer is in that film as well. So, yeah, if you can find Possums somewhere, it's worth a watch. 
there, there's a lot of Norman there. Okay, you want to go back to the text line? Let's go right ahead. One listener uh, must be just tuning in because they ask, is Wanya Morris out? Yes, Wanya Morris is not going to play this weekend. Uh, and from what I have been told, is unlikely to play the following week against Kent State as well. For disciplinary reasons, the expectation is that he will rejoin the team for the Nebraska game on September 17th. However, as we discussed at the top of the show, this does leave the, the door open for Tyler Guyton and Jake Sexton, both of whom were pushing for starting roles in fall camp. This opens the door for one or both of them to supplant Wanye Morris if they perform up to snuff over the first two weeks of the season. I believe you will see both Guyton and Sexton at some point this coming Saturday. Yeah, uh, not good news for Wanye Morris. Again, uh, his career at Oklahoma has been disappointing so far when you consider the fact that last season, this guy was a preseason All-Big 12 selection and uh, didn't play a whole lot last year, former five-star. We'll see again when he comes back. Maybe, you know, uh, I I think that with Jerry Schmidt and, uh, you know, what this – group of coaches he has a chance to be you know the guy that they expected when they got him in the portal but uh so far it's been a disappointment okay 405-651-3439 we'll keep going back to the air comfort solutions text line getting your thoughts on uh saturday Uh, the cowboys by the way open up tomorrow night oklahoma state in central michigan would that been the uh, the wildest most crazy finish in oklahoma state history I mean, the most disappointing to me had to be that game in Ames on a Friday night because Oklahoma State, you know, would have been playing for a national championship. But um, that game, you, you know, you think it's over. Mason Rudolph throws the ball out of bounds or whatever, and then you get the untimed play. And the kid from Central Michigan, Cooper Rush, the quarterback, makes a nice throw. And that wide receiver, you know, reversed his field and got in the end zone. And uh, that was crazy, absolutely crazy. Okay, you want to get a quick text in? Uh, do yeah, we let's get a couple more. Okay. Uh, have you heard anything on Marcus Steele, four-star interior lineman out of Dallas-Fort Worth? Uh, just kind of a holding pattern right now. That's a recruitment that I expect to last until October or November at the earliest. So uh, I'm going to go down and check on Marcus Steele uh, in the next few weeks here, so I'll get better intel on that situation. But on the radar for Oklahoma, not sure he ends up in the class Another listener asks, any chance OU offers Gavin Sawchuck's brother soon? Yes, Gabe Sawchuck uh, p- could potentially be a blue-chip running back. Class of 2024 already holds several FBS offers. I wouldn't count on it just because I think between the two, Gavin is pretty clearly the better prospect, and the Sooners have already made plenty of plans as far as the wide receiver or excuse me as far as the running back position in the 2024 class they're looking at the likes of Stacy Gage, Caden Durham, Nate Palmer, etc. I still want a uh, Dalen Smothers uh brother cousin something to emerge so oh you can have the Smothers brothers that's just me. Dalen Smothers of course part of the 2023 class four-star running back uh for Oklahoma. All right, got to get out of here for hour number 1. Another hour to go right here in the ref. Keep it here.
Taking you through a Wednesday edition. Welcome in. If you're just joining us, thank you. Thank you very much. Pre-game show, 8.30, Saturday morning, and we'll be everywhere on a campus corner, Balfour, and uh, over in the uh, Hertz Donut parking lot area on campus corner. So come on by and see us as we get ready for the Sooners and the Miners. 2.30 kick on Fox uh, at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. It will be the uh, start of the Brent Venable era. Brent Venables era, and uh, I think Sooner fans are fired up, very fired up. They they saw what was slowly becoming a, a not a, a real rapid decline, but a little bit of a decline, I think, what was going on uh, with Oklahoma football. And, again, the Sooners had a great run, all the conference championships in a row. Didn't happen last year. Obviously, uh, they, they lose in Stillwater. That's when Shoe jumped in the black SUV and got the heck out of Dodge fairly quickly after, you know, uh, answering the LSU question. And then the next morning we found out he was headed to L.A. But uh, I think they're excited because I don't feel like Sooner fans felt at all like, you know what, this program is getting ready to kick in the door. They've been on the porch. You know, they've, they've actually knocked on the door a few times going to the college football playoff. But I don't think very many of them felt like Oklahoma's ready to kick in the door. They were more thinking Oklahoma's getting kicked off the porch. Is that how you think Sooner fans uh, were feeling uh, last year and now they're feeling like they're they're moving in the right direction again with his staff and Brent Venables, Parker? Well, I just I remember sitting there the night of November 28th, Steely, and thinking, oh, boy, with everything that's gone down in the last 12 hours, oh, you better make a home run higher, or this could get ugly. This could be bad. This could be really bad. And the Sooners go out and made the home run higher of home run hires and got the guy that I'll, – I'll freely acknowledge it. I never thought Brent Venables was going to take a head coaching job. I thought he was content to be the best defensive coordinator in college football. He was making more than enough money, having more than enough success. But Joe Castiglione swung for the fences, and he got his guy. And it's been impressive to see how this staff has come together and gotten the Oklahoma fan base believing again. Not just because of what they've they've been able to do via the transfer portal and in the locker room, transforming the culture, bringing back Jerry Schmidt to run the workout regimen. But as we continue to talk about day after day after day, this staff's recruiting at an elite level. They're arguably recruiting better than anybody in the country right now, save for Alabama. And when you're doing better than everyone else in the country, save for Alabama, at anything, that speaks volumes for where your football program's at. Absolutely, no doubt. And uh, I I just think uh, we saw the enthusiasm, you know, for the spring game, right? And they sold it out. And Brent implored the fans, you know what? You need to get here. Uh, You know, you want to talk about being the best, we've got to do everything the best, and that includes showing up for the spring game, selling out uh, the spring game, and they were there. And I think they're going to be really uh, behind uh, Brent Venables all the way. I I think that there's uh, tremendous anticipation uh, for this opener coming up, and, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see, but I I think the crowd is going to be much more engaged in the games, too. you know, like I said, I'm not going to pump total sunshine here and say that, yeah, Oklahoma's going to run the table, and guess what, a national championship's happening. But the enthusiasm just feels like 
it's at as high a level as it's been for a long time, right? I, I, I think Oklahoma fans just feel that way. All right, so Brent's debut as the head coach coming up on Saturday. And by the way, our second hour here brought to you by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, SUV, or a used vehicle. They have a great selection and a great guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a guarantee. And by the way, I am here at the Falls at Brookhaven, Norman's premier apartment complex on the west side of Norman. Uh, you know what the Brookhaven area is all about. It's always been a very prestigious area to be in in Norman. And the apartment homes over he- over here are uh, tremendous. Uh, it's just past 36th and Rock Creek, that intersection uh, where the neighborhood uh, market is, the Walmart neighborhood market and the 7-Eleven. Uh, just go past 36th and uh, go west just a little past 36th, and you'll see it on the left side. Really uh, great floor plans here, a lot of great amenities and uh, great deals for you as well. Check out the falls at brookhaven.com, the falls at brookhaven.com, or you can call them, uh, come by and check out one of their apartment homes, 405-701-8233. Okay, so uh, Dylan Gabriel, you know, everybody thought, well, Dylan Gabriel's going to UCLA. That's a pretty good get for UCLA, right? They got DTR back, but that's still a pretty good get uh, for UCLA, and then the Caleb Williams situation happens. The Sooners, you know, they got themselves about the best insurance policy you can get, bringing in Dylan Gabriel, uh, and then uh, Caleb Williams, of course, made it official. He was going to USC. So Dylan Gabriel, last-minute decision, you know, it was hours away from going to class, and then he decides, you know, uh, I'm going to pivot here and come to Oklahoma, and uh, Dylan Gabriel said the other day that he has loved the culture at Oklahoma from the start. Here's the Sooners quarterback. This is going to be really cliche, but the moment I walked in, like I truly knew this was a different atmosphere. I will say it's. I think it's because of the coaching change, you know, that, that time of just players, you know, no coaches, and it was really truly player-led, I think made these guys truly connect on a different level me saying that because i i went through a coaching change and didn't have a a head coach for about a month that's where i think the connection really took it to the next level and that went in december they really knew you know what i mean they found out their you know coach bv was the coach kind of towards the end of december and then we come in january and this is when i come and i just see this you know just player-led environment it it's it was new to me right but that's when I knew. I mean, we got the guys. We got the mature guys who are, who are in this building. We got very talented players. How do we wrap it all together? And and that's what we've been able to do through spring. You know, going into summer, I truly felt like we took it to the next level. There you go. Uh, so what is a uh, what is the kind of season you think? What's the benchmark for Dylan Gabriel? Stat-wise, uh, this year, what what do you think realistically you can see out of Dylan Gabriel this year as the Sooners' signal caller, Parker? Well, to be honest, I think, and you're going to have to bear with me on this answer, but I think a lot is going to depend on how well the Sooners play on defense. Because if the Sooners' defense is strong enough and consistent enough for Oklahoma to maintain game control, 
which has been an issue for Oklahoma in the past. If the Sooners can maintain game control week in and week out, Jeff Levy is not going to make the same mistakes that Lincoln Riley made when the Sooners led games. Jeff Levy is just going to run the ball down your throat. Jeff Levy is going to run straight ahead with his outstanding core of running backs that includes Eric Gray, Marcus Major, Tawi Walker, Gavin Sawchuk, Javante Barnes, et al. So, if that is the case, and the Sooners are not only leading games but in control of games for the majority of uh, the 60 minutes of football on Saturday, then I think Dylan Gabriel's production is going to be pretty modest because the Sooners are going to be running the ball a lot. But if this defense still faces a learning curve as conference play opens, and if they're not where Brent Venables and the staff would ideally like them to be and there are some growing pains, then I think the Sooners are going to have to get into some firefights and they're going to have to turn Dylan Gabriel loose. And there will probably be a couple games one way or another, any way you slice it, where the Sooners are going to have to throw the ball quite a bit, and Gabriel's going to have to put the ball in the air 40 or 50 times. But the more I think about it, and the more I evaluate what exactly the Sooners are going to be rolling out on the defensive side of the ball in terms of talent and in terms of scheme, I'm actually more and more convinced that Gabriel's production is going to be more modest than I initially expected. And I think that's actually a good thing if you're a Sooner fan. If Dylan Gabriel doesn't throw for 4,000 yards in 2022, you're probably going to be content with that because that's probably going to mean Oklahoma wins a lot of football games by very comfortable margins. So I really think this is a win-win when you look at the type of season that Dylan Gabriel has the opportunity to have. He's a good enough quarterback that if he needs to, He can go and win games for the University of Oklahoma. He can throw for 350, 400 yards, and four or five touchdowns if the moment calls for it. However, I think the hope, if you're a reasonable Sooner fan, is that you don't have to have those types of games week in and week out from Dylan Gabriel. So I believe you're going to see, in an ideal world, if the defense is up to snuff, what you're going to see from Dylan Gabriel is – 3,200 to 3,500 yards and probably 30 touchdown passes. What's going to be very key is that he keeps the turnovers at a minimum. Because as we've seen time and again in the past, you commit turnovers, you give the other team momentum, things can get out of hand. And one thing about Dylan Gabriel, over the course of his career at UCF, he was very careful with the football and did not put the ball in harm's way a whole heck of a lot. So if that trend holds true in his first season at Oklahoma, I expect he's going to have a very efficient year, even if it is not, even if it doesn't come with eye-popping production. Yeah, Sooner fans uh, can't wait till uh, 2.30 Saturday. And again, our pregame show, we'll talk about uh, you know, so many different angles of this game, have interviews and predictions, all kinds of stuff for you on our pregame show, of course, beginning at 8.30 Saturday morning from Campus Corner down to Norman, two locations, Balfour and uh, in the uh, parking lot there by, by Hertz Donut. Uh, so that will be uh, a lot of fun on Saturday. We're, we're ready to get it cranked up. And you know what? I think all of us, all of us are tired of talking about 
what we think is going to happen, how it's going to happen, going over records, depth charts, everything. We want to talk about real results. And, uh, you know, we got some of that with Nebraska last week. Not a good result for Scott Frost, by the way. <laughs> Not at all. But, uh, you know, that's going to be fun to talk about all next week after the Sooners play an actual game. And they are a 31.5-point favorite Saturday against UTEP. Okay, break time right here. Let's head to the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we get back, 405-651-3439. We'll tell you about the Wanye Morris situation when we get back. If you haven't heard, if you have some questions about that. And Parker has crystal balled a very, very, very important player to the Sooners. We'll get into that when we get back here on The Ref.
Okay, back with you, Steelman and Thune, here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. I am out on location today, the falls at Brookhaven. Great apartment homes out here off 36th and Rock Creek, and uh, great area out here, uh, this side of Norman, very beautiful. Not that the east side doesn't have uh, some some beautiful stuff over there. Uh, you would say that uh, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium is pretty, pretty beautiful, right? Yeah? I mean... I, I went from the east side to the west side. That's how far I've traveled in my life. But uh, beautiful apartment homes here in the Brookhaven area. Easy access, I-35, Sooner Mall, University Town Center, OU, Westwood Park, all the movie theaters, all the restaurants over here, and Norman Regional Hospital Healthplex. Great floor plans, uh, single bedrooms all the way up to three bedrooms with two baths. Uh, great surroundings, a courtyard, pool views, garage parking available. They've got a saltwater pool with a sun deck and a grill. Pet parks here as well, 24-hour emergency maintenance, Internet cafe, resident lounge and fireplace, courtesy patrol, so many amenities, and uh, it's really a nice-looking uh, facility over here. So if you're you know, coming to Norman, you're new here or whatever, if you're looking to move out of a, a place you don't like very much, you need to check out what they have to offer over here, the falls at brookhaven.com. That is the falls at brookhaven.com. Or come by and check out uh, one of their apartment homes. Give them a call, 405-701-8233. That's 405-701-8233. All right. Uh, how about this news? Gabe Eichard tweeted it out that uh, OU is looking for a, a group to start uh, work and getting bids on, I guess, uh, a new football facility project uh, that is going to be somewhere between $175 million and $200 million. Brent Venables is getting uh, what he's done, uh, what he's asking for so far, no doubt. Uh, so this is huge. Like I said, uh, OU's facilities, are they good? Yeah, they're still good. They're still among the best in the country. But, again, they're four or five years old. And in this, it's like an arms race, you know, back in the day, which still continues to this day in some ways. But you know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost when you have a new facility complete, you better start the blueprints for the next one because there is big-time money involved in college football. And with the Sooners headed to the SEC – um, I, I like hearing this, too, because uh, you've got to have great facilities. And the Sooners have good facilities, there's no doubt. But they want them to be great and the best in college football. So this is big news, too, Parker. That it is. And uh, this is actually, if you're a VIP over at OUinsider.com, you actually knew about this last week, as a matter of fact. This has been in the works, uh, something that's been unfolding quietly behind the scenes for some time. And, yes, the plan is to invest a lot of money into new OU football facilities as, they're, as they prepare to make the transition to the SEC. And look, the reality is, uh, if you bought into the OU is broke narrative, that is 1,000% not the case. And hopefully uh, the folks that listen to us on the ref and the folks that have been up to date with the direction of the OU football program since the departure of Lincoln Riley in particular and uh, to a larger scale, since the decision to move to the SEC, hopefully those folks are aware uh, that OU is prepared to make a significant financial investment into the future of their athletic department and more specifically their football program. There is a radical facelift coming to the facilities uh, that are present at the University of Oklahoma in particular 
uh, for the football program. So I don't I don't think we have a timetable yet on when this all is going to go down, but obviously that in conjunction with the news today that there are discussions being had about Texas and Oklahoma making the transition to the SEC sooner than 2025. Again, that shouldn't be a tremendous shock to anybody, but that gives you the impression that everything is moving in the right direction, Steely, for Oklahoma to be competing at the highest level immediately upon their transition to the SEC. From the top down, you look at the administration, the investment, the facilities that are coming, as well as the coaching staff that Oklahoma has in place to lead this football program into this transition. You probably couldn't be more pleased, if you're a Sooner fan, with where things are headed right now for OU football. Yeah, and and a lot of times we focus on the new coaching staff and who's coming in and all that stuff. And obviously, uh, this appears to be a really good staff. Now, we'll see what happens starting Saturday because it gets real on Saturday. I mean, it kind of gets real on Saturday. We'll we'll see, you know, um, what Sooner fans are feeling like after that second Saturday in October down in the Cotton Bowl. But also, you've got to look at what's going on with and, and OU's always had with Josie, you know, uh, as AD, that's as good as it gets in the country, right? But you bring in a guy like Thad Turnipseed, and I know, you know, football administration, everything, you, you don't hear much about it, or he's not the guy out front, obviously, that much. But we've heard what he said about Brent Venables. He thinks he could be the next Nick Saban. He's a big believer, he's already done. Uh, great work at Alabama, did great work at Clemson, and now coming to work with Brent at Oklahoma. That it was a huge get for Oklahoma to bring in Thad Turnipseed. And this is the kind of stuff he does, right? Uh, and you're seeing this uh, getting ready to go into motion at Oklahoma. And, um, you know, this is this is huge. It's huge news. And I, I know Brandon had talked about that a little bit, and I just saw Brandon's tweet as, uh, tweet as well. So that's uh, big news for Sooner fans right there. Okay, Air Comfort Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439. Let's get there right now. Is it true that Mike Steely is going to be live and in person at Campus Corner this season? I was live and in Campus Corner last season. I was live at Campus Corner. I've only missed one pregame year, and that's when uh, I, I was doing my year in Tulsa, which I enjoyed very much, by the way. But... That's the only year that I missed uh, pregame down on Campus Corner. Now, I did close to 30 years of pregame and postgame, about 26, about 26 years, actually. But So I, I just do pregame, but, yeah, I'm going to be at Balfour on uh, Saturday. I, I will be down there from 11 to 1.30 is when I will be on. And uh, we'll have Tyler and Travis Davidson over, um, you know, at the uh, – parking lot over there by by Hertz Donuts so uh gonna be looking forward to it gonna be looking forward to it and, and you're gonna be going live Saturday as well to get us started right that's right I will be on 8 30 to 10 30 to kick off pregame coverage and just to let you all know now I have a series of big time interviews lined up with prominent Sooner football alumni so uh, if you want nice. to hear from former Sooners a bevy of former Sooners at that, and get their pulse and their feelings on the new era of Oklahoma football that is set to dawn at 2.30 this Saturday. Tune in with us Saturday morning for pregame coverage here on The Ref.
that sounds like a plan. Okay, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, and uh, they're rolling in as usual. So let's go back there. First-time texter, what's the chances of us getting the Notre Dame kid and Hicks? Well, I'm going to make the safe assumption that by the Notre Dame kid, you mean five-star safety Peyton Bowen of Denton, Texas. I think the chances that they get both prospects right now are at 45%. And I'm getting close. Like, my confidence is increasing there because, look, I put in the crystal ball this morning for DJ Hicks to the University of Oklahoma, as did my colleagues at 24-7 Sports, Brandon Drum and Steve Wiltfong. I am confident in asserting that DJ Hicks is going to be a Sooner. The Bowen situation just gets to be more and more of a headache with every passing day. And that's not at all a referendum on the kid. He's an outstanding kid, comes from a great family. I understand why he is torn in making his decision. But this timeline has been dragged out and dragged out and dragged out even further, the point where it's gonna we're 12 hours away from September, and we don't know whether Peyton Bowen is going to stick things out with Notre Dame, which I consider to be a virtual impossibility, uh, or when – when or where he's going to open his recruitment up and whether Oklahoma or Texas A&M would then be the destination. I think if and when Peyton Bowen does reopen his recruitment, OU's the safe bet to be the landing spot. I just don't have a reliable timetable on when that is, and Texas A&M is also very much in play. So individually, if you ask me my confidence in DJ Hicks to Oklahoma and or Peyton Bowen to Oklahoma. I would say my confidence in DJ Hicks to Oklahoma is probably about 80-85% right now. With Peyton Bowen, it's like 55, 50-55%. You combine the two and you ask what the chances are that they get both of those guys, I'm going to put it at 45%. There you go. All right, uh, once again, we'll keep getting back to your texts, and uh, we got a lot of them rolling in. want to thank our second-hour sponsor here on Steelman and Thune, uh, the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley for a great deal on a car, on a truck, SUV, used vehicle. They'll have a great selection for you and that incredible guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no, no additional cost to you. Like I said, that's one of the greatest – phrases you can come up with in the English language, in my opinion. No additional cost to you. Always sounds good. There's nobody out there going, you know what, I hope there's some additional costs for me. Can you guys tack on some additional costs? Now, I know some of those greedy business people are like that. There's a cable company that bait and switches everybody. It's not OEC Fiber, I can tell you that. But... That is a great phrase. No additional cost to you at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. All right, back to the text line. Can Jackson Arnold end up being the number one quarterback in the 2023 class? We'll discuss also when we get back here on The Ref.
Okay, we're back. Mike Steely here at the Falls at Brookhaven. Great apartment homes out here, northwest side of Norman. If you want to check them out, they've got some great deals here for you. All kinds of different floor plans and access to all the uh, cool stuff here over here on the northwest side of Norman. And uh, you'll like it. It's very impressive over here. The Falls at Brookhaven.com. And uh, you want to come by and uh, make an appointment, come check out an apartment home. You don't have to make an appointment, but if you want to, 405-701-8233. Our friends at Riverwind Casino are uh, celebrating their 16th anniversary, last day of August. Happy anniversary to Riverwind. Everybody over there at Riverwind, the GM, Justin Yahola, big-time guy, does a great job over there. So does their marketing department. Promotions are incredible every month. They just had those great giveaways uh, in the uh, Battle of the Big Reds promotion, gave away five trips to OU Nebraska in the Race to the Red River promotion, gave away three trips down to Dallas for the Red River Showdown to some lucky patrons. So uh, always gave great promotions, great dining. If you need to stay overnight, if you're coming from out of town, or if you just want to stay the night, they've got a luxurious hotel attached right to the casino. All the best electronic gaming machines, 2,800 of them. And, again, they're now in three new locations as they're going a little bit of a renovation on the gaming floor. You can find, if you can't find your favorite electronic gaming machine, check out the Showplace Theater, gaming in there now. Check out the Sky Bridge and check out the River Lounge. You'll find your favorite machine uh, in one of those places if you can't find it on the gaming floor. And they'll help you out, as they always do at Riverwind, locate uh, your favorite um, gaming machine. So thanks again to our friends at Riverwind Casino, celebrating again their 16th anniversary. Big-time promotions coming up in September. We'll be telling you about starting, I'm sure, tomorrow. Okay, uh, is it possible... Because it sounds possible to me by the end of this recruiting cycle, Parker Thune, and you're the recruiting aficionado, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a hobbyist, but I'm, I'm certainly not in your league. Is it possible that Jackson Arnold becomes the number one quarterback in this class? Yes, it is possible. However, I think in order for that to happen, the recruiting industry is going to have to finally work up the gumption to cut through the Archanon conspiracy. And like, here's here's the thing, Steely. <laughs> I, I, is that a, is that a bit of a harsh way of putting it? Probably, but does anyone still believe at this point that Arch Manning is the consensus number one player in this recruiting cycle? Yeah, that's where he's ranked right now. But does anybody buy that? Is there anybody that's buying that outside of Texas fans who are drinking the burnt orange Kool-Aid and want to believe, nay, must believe, that their quarterback is the number one player in the country? After all we've seen this offseason, not just from Jackson Arnold, but from guys like Dante Moore, from guys like Nico Iamaleava, heck, from a guy like DJ Hicks. I don't know how you can seriously say and believe that Arch Manning is the number one prospect in America. Now, I don't know that the recruiting industry as a whole, and this is not exclusive to one outlet, this is not exclusive to one service, This is I'm talking collectively about the entire industry. I don't know if the recruiting industry as a whole is going to be willing to back down at this point. Because Arch Manning has been number one on everybody's board for so, so long. Take a look at last week's performances 
in week one across the board, right? Jackson Arnold accounts for four total touchdowns, including a 64-yard touchdown run. Arch Manning goes 6-for-12 for 81 yards, a touchdown and a pick in his season opener. Obviously, like, I'm not trying to isolate one single game and say, oh, because of this game and Arch Manning's performance in this contest versus Jackson Arnold's performance in this contest, mm -hmm. clearly Arch Manning is not as good as Jackson Arnold. But that's just yet another example of what we've seen play out continually throughout the offseason, which is you see not just Arnold, but several other guys making legitimate cases for the number one slot. And yet, time after time after time, you see the rankings released and Arch Manning is still perched at the top. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. And for my money, yeah, I think Jackson Arnold has a legit case. Would I say he's definitively the number one player in America right now? No, no, absolutely not. I think there are eight to ten other guys in that conversation. But I don't think Arch Manning is one of them. And I don't think that's an unpopular you know, sentiment. And, and I know that that doesn't mean amount to anything. When uh, when Jackson Arnold gets on campus at Oklahoma, but it's just interesting because man, you looked at what he did last week. He, he was fantastic, and you know he, he got his fifth star uh, a few months back, and uh, he's been recruiting. He was, uh, I think, very instrumental in uh, Anthony Evans again uh, making that decision to go to Oklahoma when it looked like he was headed to Georgia. He's done a fabulous job in that regard as well. It, it seems to me again. And I'm sure Arch Manning is a pretty good player. But, again, it's the last name. It's the last name. We get it. But it also – remember when Bob Stoops used to talk about, uh, hey, we're not playing East Popcorn State this week, okay? You know, I think he said East Handkerchief State one time, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm imagining things. But it was – remember when Bob Stoops jokingly said, you know, we're not playing East Popcorn State. Well, it looks like Arch Manning is basically playing – against the high school equivalent of East Popcorn State most Fridays. East Popcorn State prep. Yes, exactly. EPSP, East Popcorn State prep. Who uh, Has Arch played against Bishop Sycamore yet? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to check the receipts on that one. I'd be curious to see. I'd be curious to see how that game would go. Isidore Newman versus Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> That's the matchup we need in high school football uh, this fall. Yes, absolutely. So, I don't know. Look, Arch Manning, maybe he goes to Texas and becomes the next uh, Colt McCoy or whatever. I, I, I'm not saying that the kid is going to flop or anything, but it just he's not playing nearly the level of competition that Jackson Arnold's playing at Denton Geyer. No, and as, I, right? as I've said many a time, Steely, it has to do with the last name, and I know it's a tired conversation at this point, but you put any other name on the back of Arch Manning's jersey, you're going to have the recruiting industry expressing concerns about the level of play that he faces and how it translates, especially because Arch Manning has never put himself out there and competed on the 7-on-7 seven -seven circuit or in any elite camp competition, including the Elite 11, which, by the way, Jackson Arnold won. So, Anybody else isolates themselves to exclusively Friday night competition and more specifically Friday night competition at that level. And yes, I think the recruiting industry is going to be enamored by the size, the physical traits. Arch Manning is six foot four, 215 pounds. He looks the part. He's got arm strength. He's got touch. But all that aside, you're looking at his body of work, and you're looking at what he's done, 
and I think most recruiting analysts would comfortably slot Arch Manning on the lower, the mid to lower end of the four-star spectrum because they probably wouldn't be able to, in good conscience, elevate him much higher because of those concerns about the level of competition that he faces and no frame of reference for how he stacks up against his peers who are elite and have not only proven that on the football field on Friday nights, but have proven that in elite camp competition environments. But Arch Manning continues to get a pass because his last name is Manning. Yeah, and uh, like I said, uh, who knows? We, we don't know. We don't know that Jackson Arnold's going to be just a star at Oklahoma. Certainly we don't know that uh, Arch Manning is going to, uh, you know, be, be a – supremely talented, you know, productive quarterback at Texas. We just don't know. We've got to see it play out. But it is interesting because, um, you know, when we when we looked at Jackson Arnold initially committing to Oklahoma, again, he was a four-star kid. Now he's got that fifth star, and, uh, you know, he keeps rising up the uh, national recruiting rankings. So, anyway. All right. Break time right here. We've got one more segment on the way, and we'll get to as many texts as we can. You can join us, as always, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Can you feel it? Can you smell it? It's real football coming this Saturday. Uh, it, it, it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to get it going. Let's go. And the Cowboys play tomorrow night. We'll be right back here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network.
Okay, we have uh, a little bit of time left here in our last segment to get to as many uh, texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line as we possibly can. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. We'll get locked in at the top of the hour with Parker and Tyler McComas. And then the rush, of course, coming up uh, today at 3 o'clock right here on The Ref. Parker, let's get those texts in. Let's do it to the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go. One listener says, love your show. The knowledge along with great insight you both bring to the table are unmatched. Very much appreciate that. Uh, well, that's nice. Is that, is that from uh, my mom's number, I'm wondering? Uh, does your mom have a 918 number? No, she's oh, well, a 405-er. No. Okay, well, then, okay. no, it is not. Well, thank um, you. Another listener says, Arch Manning is the only guy I'm tired of hearing about more than Peyton Bowen. Uh, someone else asks will the new upgrades to football facilities include a new press box it looks real bad yeah i i don't know about that but i think it is probably time for a new press box i mean listen i'm a hundred percent on that train if oklahoma wants to make that happen but i i don't imagine that's especially high on the priority list right now High on the priority list is probably things that are for the athletes more so than the media. But I agree. An upgrade to the press box cannot come soon enough. Uh, Now, now how is this happening? I thought OU was like $80 million in debt, right? There's some uh, people out there reporting that. Uh, And, look, I don't know what the finances at OU are. I mean, I I, I gave them a lot of my finances to get out of their five-year plan. But, um, you know. It appears that the uh, the donors at OU are uh, pretty happy right now and willing to help out, doesn't it? Yes, and understandably so, because they're all stoked about the new era of Oklahoma football, and I think they can already sense, as can we all, that Oklahoma is more primed to transition to the SEC and compete for national titles under the direction of Brent Venables than they were under the leadership of Lincoln Riley. I think that's the driving force behind all that. Another listener just asked, what does David Stone's tweet September 1 Eve mean? Any idea? Yes, I I, we're, I, I understand we're probably going to get this question a lot today for people who are just tuning in. September 1st is the day that the recruiting dead period in the month of August ends. So on September 1st, all of these recruits are planning to hear from the coaching staffs that have been pursuing them and have been recruiting them uh, to this point uh, in their high school careers, as well as from new coaches that are going to be reaching out for the very first time. So September 1st is when a recruit's phone starts buzzing off the hook. That's why you see so many prospects today tweeting about tomorrow, tweeting about September 1st, tweeting things like, we're going to see who's real tomorrow. And all of that. That has to do with the end of the dead period. It doesn't signify an impending announcement for David Stone or anybody else. So just have that knowledge that that is what all of the September 1st tweets do refer to. Another listener asks, why has the 2022 media guide not been released? Any idea? Were we just talking about this the other day, Steely? I feel like we were. Yeah, we did. We were talking about that. I, I, I don't know. I you know, is it digital only? But have they not even released the digital version? I, I don't know. Another one asks, did Steely's uncle make it as a preferred walk-on at Rice? If so, is he still planning on taking Riley out at the knees? 
He, uh, that was the plan. I haven't heard anything different. I think he's supposed to be on with uh, Toby Friday morning, a little after 7.30. So really? maybe we'll get an update. Return but, yeah, of Uncle. Yeah. Uncle was, that was his plan to get preferred walk-on status at Rice. He was going to run out uh, with his helmet on in pregame and make a beeline for Muleshoe's knees and just dive right into his knees in the pregame. So, and I, I don't support that move as, as you know, much as you'd rather you, you just rather see him get, get speared by a sailfish, right? Well, yeah, that would be more entertaining. Like, like I said, in a uh, a non-threatening way. But you know, I mean, that sounds. But that's what Uncle was planning on doing, running out with Rice. He felt like he could make the the squad at least as a preferred walk-on. So we'll see. Because he he quit his early football career because he said it was too easy. So he had another year of eligibility left. Another listener asks, did you know Dylan Gabriel has a younger brother named Roman, as in Roman Gabriel? I did not what? know this. Is I that a real thing? I didn't know that. I, I, I don't know. But Roman Gabriel, back in the day, I remember Roman Gabriel. Uh, I think it was the L.A. Rams. He might have been single bar face mask guy back in the day. Roman Gabriel. um, you know, was around when I was a kid in the NFL. At one time, he he was the all-time fumblingest uh, NFL quarterback. He's since been surpassed by many others, but at one time he was. But um, mainly, I think he played for the Rams like the majority of his career, and I think he might have had a, a cup of coffee late in his career with the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Let's hit one more question on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line. Kendall asks... Is the Heavenly Hotline making a return this season? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it depends on, I don't know what's going on in the uh, spirit world uh, with, with Howard, if when he can call or how he can call, or but I will see. But uh, so I don't know the answer to that yet, Kendall, but I may have an answer for you soon. I will uh, tell you again. That uh, yes, uh, Uncle will be on, uh, and I just confirmed with T. Uh, you know he has his regular uh, Friday show with Joe C, which is always great to start the season. Two legends right there, and Uncle uh, coming up again. That will be Friday. So yes, thank you, Kendall. Thank you very much. All right, got to get out of here, Parker. Enjoyed it as always. We're getting closer, my friend, to real football coming up on Saturday. And uh, there's a lot more to talk about, a lot of recruiting stuff. And uh, Locked In is always, I love Locked In. I, I, I can listen to about half an hour of it every day before I have to get on my stream, but it's always great. So stick around. Parker, Tyler McComas, going to get you locked in next here on The Ref. Everybody have a wonderful Wednesday.
I got to tell you, I've never wanted to trust Parker's balls more than I do right now or than I did earlier today about an hour ago when he dropped a crystal ball in for five-star defensive lineman David Hicks. I didn't know that this was going to be a David Hicks crystal ball party today, but they're dropping like crazy today. Steve, Steve Wiltfong puts it in. Brandon Drum. Then Parker Thune. It's like, Parker, everyone was waiting for someone else to put in the crystal ball for David Hicks. And now it's a crystal ball party for, for David Hicks. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is generally, generally, when you see... One crystal ball prediction from a 24-7 sports expert, you'll see multiple because we work in concert a lot of times. Every so often, there will be exceptions. Like, I, I'm still the only one that has a prediction in for Tessilia Kana. Uh, I was I was the only one that entered one initially for P.J. Adabare and Samuel Masigo. But more often than not, you will see several of us make the same pick. Uh, within a pretty close uh, time range of each other, and look, this is this should not be news to anyone that things are trending in Oklahoma's favor for DJ Hicks. There have already been a variety of expert predictions across the industry in favor of Oklahoma, some dating back to last year, actually, for David Hicks to OU. So it's been looking like things were moving in that direction for quite a while, but. Uh, I know I I think I speak for both Steve and Brandon when I say this, but especially because of the magnitude of the individual that we're talking about here, both literally yeah. and <laughs> figuratively yeah, five speaking, star defensive lineman. Yes, five star defensive lineman DJ Hicks. Uh, never want to take it to the bank too soon on a five star prospect because anytime you're dealing with a five star. Things can change sometimes Ka-ching! with the snap, like you snap your fingers and a recruitment changes, turns on a dime. No pun intended, but yeah, he's, getting, he's getting more than a dime uh, from uh, A&M, at but, least offered. Uh, I think we're at the point now in the DJ Hicks recruitment where you can start asserting that things aren't going to turn on a dime down the stretch, and OU appears to have a pretty comfortable lead here that they should solidify over the next couple of months. Yeah, and that huge weekend in Norman happened, what, about a month ago? And OU has kept that momentum, and obviously they're in the lead right now for David Hicks. The crystal balls that are being put in right now, uh, Parker's got a pretty good percentage, right at around, what, 95 98%, something like that. I lost my perfect record Gosh. in the 2023 cheap base cycle. Cheap hit in the eighth week. inning. Unbelievable. It was the cheapest of base hits. It was a wide receiver that had his his dream offer was Oregon. He got the Oregon offer. All of the expert predictions went in. We had numerous interviews on 24-7 Sports with him talking about how hard it was not to commit on the spot to Oregon. And then, like, two weeks later, he he commits to Muleshoe. I uh, I want to believe that this kid really didn't want to go there. He just wanted to ruin your perfect game. He, he Honestly. Basically, and, and some people will say that well, this goes against the, the unwritten laws of baseball. You're not supposed to drag bunt in the top of the ninth when you're going up against a uh, no-hitter. Forget about that. I'm just trying to get on base. That's basically what happened. Yeah. So he was, I'm, he was, I'm he was like, bunting for a base hit. I'm like 52 for 53 on the year now or something like that. So the, the perfect record is off the table. Uh, but, yes, I do believe at this time DJ Hicks is going to be a Sooner. All that to say OU's in the lead right now. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to end up getting him signed on signing day, but it's 
They've held up all the. Uh, they, they've held it up over the past month, and I, I think that they're going to close on this guy. And if they do, let's just say for argument's sake, and I am in no way hinting that this is imminent or that it's going to happen today. I'm just trying to illustrate to you how big of a commitment, how big of a signing this would be if David Hicks were to commit today. Judging by the ca- uh, class calculator on 24/7 Sports, OU would be the number two class, and the number two class by a wide margin over Texas. I'm not telling you that it would just barely get them to number two. It would overwhelmingly get them to number two in the recruiting rankings. This is massive. This is massive. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this much, and we talked about it earlier, me and Steely, but Steve Wilfong dropped a nice little article on 24-7 Sports today for our VIP members detailing some of the key targets that Oklahoma is recruiting and very much in contention for down the stretch. One of the guys that he mentioned was five-star offensive lineman Samsuna Okunlola yep. of Massachusetts, Braintree, Massachusetts. And, look, I already told people, and I just want to reiterate it, don't get your hopes up. Don't. Now, I I have been told, and my colleague Brandon Drum reported some time back, that there was the potential that Okunlola would take an official visit to Oklahoma this fall. But... That's like I, I have a hard time believing he's a Sooner in the end. That said, if he is a Sooner, man, I'm just going to crystal ball every single one of OU's top targets <laughs> in the class of 2024. Well, I, okay, because- a- as unlikely as you may think it is right now, they at least have somewhat of a puncher's chance right now. And really, there's been a few recruitments this year where that's all they've needed, Parker. Yeah, uh, Colton Vosick. That's, that's all they've needed is a conversation or a visit or, you know, just a small opening of the door. They bust in and end up signing a four-star defensive lineman from Austin when nobody, including us, thought it was possible. So never say never with this staff. And the number two class, I mean, they are a four-star, like a legit four-star, five-star away from being the number two overall class behind Alabama. Um, text line says, OU about to be fonged to the SEC. Yeah, that's starting to look more and more likely after today, isn't it? And I, I thought for a while that this is OU's last year in the conference. And this isn't official by any stretch, but this is the best that I've felt about OU being in the SEC in 2023. I am uh, greater than 50% that this is OU's last year in the Big 12. Now, I, as I have said many a time, and I will reiterate, I do not think Oklahoma's going to wait till 2025 to join the SEC. That, that never Regardless of the lip service that people gave to that idea and that concept – you knew at the end of the day there was just going to be too much money on the table for the move not to happen sooner. So the question was always, is it going to be 2023? Is it going to be 2024? I agree with you, Tyler. At this point, I think we're trending in the direction of it being 2023. Yeah. Peyton says, uh, I know it's super, super unlikely, but if we were to end up with David Hicks, Peyton Bowen, Malachi Coleman, Jordan Renaud, Desilio O'Connor. And then Samson Okunlola. Is that how I, did I say it right? Okunlola. Okunlola. Uh, I will just sit there and drop my draw. Uh, I'm guessing it's jaw. Uh, I, I think he probably Don't say got draws. His... Drop my draws. Yeah. I was like, come on, Peyton. That's a little bit too uh, PG-13 for this little over show, the top. Okay? Speechless. Hey, and uh, a majority of those guys that you listed, David Hicks, yeah. Malachi Coleman, um, looking a little bit more likely after <laughs> Nebraska's uh, loss last uh, weekend, right? Peyton Bowen, you got a chance. Jordan Renaud looks like a pretty good situation. I mean, yeah, like they might sign all of those except the 
the uh, ladder that you mentioned there, and it would still might be good enough for the number two overall class. Yeah, like, imagine a world, and this is the world in which we're currently living, Tyler, but just imagine telling yourself a year ago at this time that there was a world in which Oklahoma was going to have such a crazy good recruiting class that nobody was going to blink if they didn't get a five-star offensive tackle late in the cycle, that that dude was going to be gravy. And that's what he is. That's um, what he is at this point. And and if you would have told me that last year, by the way, that ranking of the class, I would have said, well, they're going to have to sign three five-star quarterbacks. They're going to have to sign three five-star running backs, six five-star wide receivers to get to that because they ain't signing any elite dudes defensively. <laughs> that hasn't been the case here recently. Somebody said on the text line, SEC in 23 based on what info? Uh, there's been a whole bunch of reports circulating on Twitter today that there are currently discussions being had about Oklahoma and Texas making the early move to the SEC. That in conjunction with reports that the Big 12 uh, – what I, I forget what exactly the situation is. Some, there was something that came out about the Big 12 and the media rights deal, and those two – Bits of news came out almost simultaneously. Um, so. Yeah, Dennis Dodd tweeted out earlier today, as a consequence of the Big 12 Conference starting negotiations early with right holders, uh, sources tell CBS Sports there are now active discussions regarding Texas and Oklahoma leaving early for the SEC. We haven't heard anything like that. Active discussions, again, that's not a guarantee, but I feel pretty good that it's going to be announced at the end of the regular season. And the text line's asking, what what happened to make you think that 23 is the year? Um, I mean, several things, but this is kind of the precedent of what's happened. Like, no one that switched conference has seemingly stayed in their league, Parker, for like three or four years. A&M got out pretty quick, as did Nebraska and Colorado and Missouri and Maryland. Like, OU is going to – Texas, we're going to stay in the league for four more years? No, that hasn't been the case. There's well, too much money to be made. That was never going to happen. Think about the last time we got a report of this ilk worded like this. It was a couple months back, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was along the lines of USC and UCLA are in discussions to join the Big Ten. Guess what? Six hours later, USC and UCLA were in the Big Ten. Stuff moves quickly these days at the administrative level in college football as far as realignment and money is concerned. Yeah, keep those texts coming, by the way, on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Week one in college football coming up this weekend, and there's some programs out there, Parker, that have massive recruiting weekends. Florida's got a big recruiting weekend. Uh, that game against Utah, Cormani McLean, their biggest target left is going to be visiting the Swamp. Um, but none bigger than Ohio State. Ohio State, I swear, has every single elite prospect in the 23 and 24 class in Columbus this weekend. Um, they got Keon Keeley in town this weekend. Um, they've got a, they got a few five stars, two or three five stars for the 23 class. And for the 24 class, they have two five-star wide receivers, a five-star defensive back, and about 10 four-star players for 2024. Ohio State... They are using their massive recruiting weekend this weekend against Notre Dame. And it's a pretty good strategy, Parker, because I think we all believe that Ohio State's going to win that game, and it's probably going to be an incredible atmosphere inside the horseshoe. I think it will be. I, I, I don't love that spread. I think Notre Dame's a better football team than that spread indicates. Uh, but I still like Ohio State. And I, I like Ohio State to win the game, Notre Dame to cover. But Ohio State has a really big opportunity here. 
in the recruitment of Keon Keeley because I think most have conceded that he is going to be rolling with the tide in the end. But the official visit to Ohio State does make this situation very interesting, and it makes you wonder, could the Buckeyes have a play here? And I know people have speculated, could Oklahoma have a play here for Keon Keeley? No, probably not. In fact, I would go as far as to say no, definitely not. But uh, here's what I will say about not just this situation, but recruiting in general down the stretch here, Tyler. You're going to see a lot of moving parts. And I know there are a lot of guys, more so than really any class in recent memory, the vast majority of elite prospects across the country have committed before the beginning of their senior seasons. But even so, you're going to see a lot of moving parts down the stretch. Yeah, no, you really are. Uh, Who would be OU's three yearly SEC opponents? I think that would be Texas. I think that would be Arkansas. And I think that would be Missouri. I do not want Missouri. Literally, anyone but Missouri. I don't want to have to play those punks every single year. But I'm going to guess, because there's just this thought that, oh, OU Mizzou used to be a rival. We'll just, like, reunite those guys. It'll be great. OU and Missouri fans will love that. I don't think OU fans want to be reunited with Missouri. I guess it's an easy win every single year. And that it is. That is a very winnable three uh, opponents, right? Texas, Arkansas, and Missouri. You're going to be better than all three of those guys basically every single year, so that is a gift. But I'm sorry, Missouri just doesn't do it for me. Like not not in the I mean not not at all. Do you have something against Missouri fans? Is there beef? Yes. There? Yeah. Um. They are. Do I know the story? No. I mean, there's not really a story okay. here. Okay, it's okay. just going to Columbia one time. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of Columbia. And look, I I guess all SEC fans are like this, but Missouri fans, they like to think. They like to think something that they aren't. You know, you know what I mean? They have a really warped sense on what they are as a football program, both, both currently and historically. Just, I don't know. And Missouri didn't excite me, man. Missouri's not going to bring a lot of people to Norman when they travel here. No, they won't. There's just nothing fun about that program. You want to know something funny? Uh, <laughs> the 24-7 Sports Network has a team site for every Power 5 program except Missouri. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, we, don't, we don't even have a Missouri site. Hit us up on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Locked in live on the ref for the Homeless Center fans. More to come next.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Our buddy Travis Davidson going to join us next, as he does every single Wednesday at 2.30, but he's not going to stop after that segment. He's going to continue on with me until 6 p.m. tonight. So you can catch Travis Davidson coming up next from 2.30 to 6 today as he joins us for the remainder of Locked In and uh, throughout the entirety of the rush today. I'll try to get to these as uh, quickly as possible, Parker. Missouri fans are the worst. Uh, My beef is they're just the biggest white trash annoying fan base I've ever been around, and I can't blame them. They live in misery. Missouri is A&M Lights. Missouri fans are like Aggie fans. They all got big heads when they moved to the SEC, like they were both powerhouses all of a sudden. But we all know they're not. Gotta love watching them ride coattails in the SEC, just like they did in the Big 12. Yeah, let's let's not forget, Missouri has actually done more in the SEC than Texas A&M ever has. At least they've been to an SEC championship game. Two of them, as a matter of yeah. fact. Missouri was like a game away from playing for like a national championship. Oh, okay, okay, Tyler, we don't know. We don't need to go that far. But in pure Missouri fashion, they were also a game away for uh, playing in a national championship game back in 2007. And guess what? Missouri, they, they can get to the game at times, but they can't ever win the game. And that's what happened in 2007. That's what happened in 2013. Ah, the legacy of Chase Daniel. Love uh, listening to Locked in the Basement. See, people come up with different show names every single time. Uh, Lockstep is on here today. Lockstep is my favorite show. Keep it up, guys. Boomer. These people are uh, like almost messing me up. Every time we go to break, I really have to think, like, <laughs> what is our show name again? It's Locked in, right? Locked I hope, up. I, I hope I don't mess this Dialed one up. in. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army asks, did you say with Hicks that'll bump us to number two in the yes. 23 class? Yes, and by a wide margin, yeah. Gunny, yeah. And I don't think it's only Hicks. Like, I I need to do some quick math here, but I believe Jordan Renaud yep. would bump Oklahoma to the number two class as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, one more addition, and you're talking about the number two recruiting class in America, second only to Alabama, which, as Steely and I were talking about earlier, Tyler, if you're second to Alabama in anything, your program's doing pretty dang good for itself. Well, I just, I mean, the part that I love the most is just this thought that, you know, you know, Lincoln told us, and we should all trust Lincoln. Lincoln told us that you can't get the recruits necessary to win at a high level at Oklahoma. Not like USC you can't. You can get good players at Oklahoma. You can't build a championship roster at Oklahoma which we all knew was ridiculous because we've seen head coaches before him, plural, head coaches, not just one, build championship rosters in Norman, Oklahoma. And it's just so funny that that comment or those comments are thrown right back in those people's faces after eight months, Parker, because after eight months where they haven't even coached a game yet, it's obviously pretty clear, yeah, you can build a championship roster at a place like Oklahoma. Oh, I just like and I Jordan just, Renaud. I just did the uh, class calculator. Jordan Renaud would get them to number two. Okay, great. Like here's here's what I want to know. What is Muleshoe going to say about why he left USC? Whenever he does leave USC, it's always been my dream to coach in the NFL. Um, it's just always something that I wanted to explore. Proud of what I was able to do and in college football, but it's time for me to take the next step and uh, and face a new challenge. I'd also love to know, what does he think a championship roster looks like at USC? Because I'm pretty sure his idea of a championship roster 
is exactly the same kind of roster that he was building at Oklahoma, which is an elite seven-on-seven roster. Well, and that's why I kind of get borderline angry when I hear people say, all of a sudden, even OU fans now say, well, I mean, come on. Like, look at the schedule. Look at the schedule. How many times do you hear that, Parker? Often. Look at the schedule. They're going to win nine, ten games. Well, look at the schedule last year. Like, why do we all of a sudden forget that he was a terrible head coach last year? People were picking OU to win the national championship, and they didn't even meet, make, make the Big 12 championship game. Let's remember who we're talking about as head coach here. Is the schedule soft? Yes, but is their roster awful? Yeah, their roster's bad, especially defensively. I just don't think that he's some great head coach that's just going to show up and win 10 games there. I'm taking the under on that one, please. It might be 2018 all over again out there at USC. No, it is. No, that's how they're going to have to play. And here's the thing. This goes back to how brilliant Kyler Murray is, or was for Oklahoma. Still is, but it was especially that season. I, like, I'm very much of the opinion you can put any other OU quarterback at the helm of that 2018 team, and Oklahoma goes at best 8-4. and four. Like, Kyler Murray just had it that year. The way he impacted the game as a thrower and a passer, I'm not sure that could have been replicated by any other OU quarterback in history. Like, that to me is the most impressive individual season I have ever seen from an Oklahoma quarterback. Now, here's the thing. I think Caleb Williams is really good. That's not a hot take by any means. But is Caleb Williams Kyler Murray? Because no. we're gonna we're gonna find out real quick just how good that offense is at USC. Because make no mistake, they're gonna be giving up 30, 40 points night in, night out. I it's a good point, but I think it goes deeper than that. Not only is Caleb Williams not Kyler Murray, but that offensive line at USC, that's not the Joe Moore Award uh, uh, you know, winning offensive line this Big year. Big facts. Big facts, Big right? facts. 2018, I mean, I, I like Travis Dye. He was a nice player at Oregon, but he's not going to be an All-American or maybe even an All-Pac-12 player this year. So Caleb Williams better be the best quarterback in the country this year. If they're going to win 10 games and play in the Pac-12 championship game this year, Caleb Williams better be everything that he's hyped up to be as early as his sophomore year this year, his true sophomore year. Because if he's not everything that he's hyped up to be, yeah, they're probably going to be a seven-win football team and this season. And that boy better be able – he better be ready to make a lot of throws outside the pocket. A lot of throws outside He's going to look pocket. like Casey Thompson did on Saturday, having to uh, <laughs> throw from outside the pocket every single down. Corey in Kansas City says, as I tell all the Missouri fans here, Missouri without the OU is just misery. Mm-hmm. I love it. Very that's, well done, Corey. That's kind of how they live their life up there, man. I am, uh, I'm not excited. Like They do have a uh, funny head coach, but they have a funny head coach that likes to talk a little smack, and he gets his brains beat in every single Saturday by oh, SEC drink. competition. Oh, I, I don't got, think drink's going to be there by the time OU rolls it in the SEC. I got a few drink stories from the recruiting trail I'll pull out at some point down the line when we're strapped for content. Oh, is it a Luther Burton story by chance? Uh. No comment? Mm, okay. William the Innkeeper says, Lincoln Riley didn't lie about recruiting a championship roster to Oklahoma. He just said he couldn't recruit a championship <laughs> roster <Right>. to Oklahoma. <laughs> Which we're finding out is uh, absolutely accurate. Jordan Renaud, by the way, brought him up. Oh, you would be the number two class if they get him. What is that, September 19th is that he's making his announcement? Is, I have that right? 
September, September 19th, 19th yes. for Jordan Renaud, and we, we think it's going to be OU. Now, Texas and Georgia probably, or I, I don't know this for a fact, but probably pretty safe to assume that they're going to get some other commitments before September 19th. But if they don't, then, yeah, OU could be sitting at the number two overall ranking by the end of the month. How's Joey Hickey doing? Um, I You know what? That's a great question. Now, it, that article is – I brought a lot of attention to it last weekend. I, I, I couldn't help but tweet that out. It's really funny. Surely he's embarrassed about that. I mean, I would be. Like, not only was it a bad take, Parker, but – it was one of the worst recruiting takes we've seen all year. Well, because and it, it was, took less than two months to develop. Because it was an egregiously uninformed take. That's the thing. Yeah, you could look at the recruiting rankings, and if you didn't know any better, you'd say Oklahoma's there at number thirty-nine. Wow, they suck at recruiting. But if you knew all of what was going on and everything they had lined up, you knew it wasn't going to stay there for very long. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, Parker. You said Caleb Williams was a generational quarterback. Is he not now? No, as I said. He is an outstanding quarterback, and I believe he's going to be a top 10, potentially top 5 NFL draft pick one day. But again, you can take just about any other quarterback, like pick a name, and I don't know whether they would have been able to accomplish what Kyler Murray accomplished for Oklahoma in 2018. And you're going to see a similar dynamic this fall at USC. They're going to have to score a lot of points to win football games because that defense is going to be bad. Yeah. All right, let's get to Travis Davidson coming up next. Uh, your text as well in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to some of those coming up next. 405-651-3439. Locked in. Rolls on next.
Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. You know, we actually talk football around here. We talk recruiting. Travis Davidson joins us now. He's going to be with me until 6 p.m. today. What, did you throw in a crystal ball for David Hicks too today, Par- or, uh, Travis, or what? Man, if, if I could have, I would have. I think I might have, uh, you know, since since I'm not one of the big lead expert guys or anything, I might have thrown one in, and you know, a while ago, really got people stirred up. But, you know, anytime you see, you know, Fong drop one, and, you know, that kind of gives, again, guys like Parker and guys like Brandon the, the go-ahead, because – in my in my beliefs, I think uh, Parker and Brandon were ready to put in their their own crystal ball for some time now. So, is that true, Parker? I here's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be mindful of relationships with yeah, the crystal yeah, balls because a- you drop a crystal ball and you don't have some uh, you don't have something to cushion the impact. You don't have somebody to go first through the wall. Then those relationships can get very strained. So. Yeah, let that's, Fong do that. That's fine. Yeah, that's often the reason why you see us move in concert with these things. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, he's got a uh, he's got he's got a lead blocker. Is what he's what he's saying is he's got he's got Fong to uh, to be his his lead blocker to open up that hole. Um, maybe his offensive lineman to open up. Dang that right, hole. Steve is my Trent Williams. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, talking offensive line. I know you were talking about uh, old Mule Shoes class uh, um, where. You know, Caleb Williams might be running around like Casey Thompson. I just took a quick peek at their class. They've got 17 people in it. And talking about how you don't prioritize trench play, um, they've got 17 in their class. They have the their 12th, 13th, 16th, and 17th highest-ranked commits are their offensive linemen. And not a single four-star. I think the highest-ranked one is 468th nationally. So, Again, you can put bodies there, but it's it's definitely showing his priorities. He, of course, he's he's flush with wide receivers and running backs. You know, he's got all kinds of those, but those are those are not very dangerous if you don't have any time. Yeah, his mentality, I'm sure, is ah, I'll just go get some O linemen via the transfer portal. That'll work. It'll be fine. Recruiting, whatever. I'll just you know do patchwork here in the transfer portal, like I did. Uh, Last offseason, whatever. Hey, here's a question that doesn't matter at all, but I am interested in both of your responses. Who gets the loudest ovation from the crowd during the starting lineups on Saturday? Parker, who do you think it is? Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel is who you think gets the loudest ovation? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's, it's, I think it's the easy the answer, but it's the right answer. It. Yeah. Starting quarterback always uh, – you know, it's the most popular athlete in the state, whoever's starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. So, uh, I think I think Danny Stutzman. I was about to say uh, Stutzman. He got a chance to, you know. Stutzman's got, you know, got a lot of personality, uh, a lot of a lot of fans for sure. Uh, you know, he's got an army, you know, some might say, much like K-Rep does. So, so yeah, I think Dylan is the correct answer, but if I had to pick – Maybe a second, uh, I would go Danny Stutzman. Hey, low-key, though, another guy that I think could get a pretty significant ovation if he's announced as the starting right tackle, Jake Sexton. Yeah, true. Big sexy. Could. Yeah, um, Oklahoma kid. Yeah, that, that might be the case. Um, it, it is just nice, though, to, you know, you can listen to the starting lineup in the stadium two minutes before kickoff and actually trust it this time around. 
We don't have to look up at that starting lineup and say, oh, yeah, really, Mule Shoe? That's the starting lineup you're all trying to get us to believe right before kickoff? Like, it really matters? Okay. Like, Brent is, Brent is very straight up with what he thinks about certain players, what his starting lineup is going to be. We'll, we'll see how he handle, handles injury situations, but I, he is – Parker, for the most part, he's pretty straight up on just about everything. Yeah, you would think so. You would think that we're not going to be we're not going to be sold some snake oil on Saturday when those lineups are announced. And I, I, you know, it's funny. This is always what I go back to is the fact that Jeff Levy announced a starting quarterback in January. Like Jeff Levy hadn't even like the team hadn't even reconvened for spring practice, and he was already like, "Yep, Dylan Gabriel's going to be our starter. You're our guy." I wonder what the conversation would have been if Muleshoe had found himself in that same position where the only scholarship quarterback at that point is Dylan Gabriel. Would he have been like, yeah, we're going to have to – He'd probably be to. like Sonny Dykes is saying right now and saying, oh, we might play three quarterbacks in the opener. We'll see. Is that what Sonny Dykes is saying? Oh, yeah. They play at uh, Colorado on Friday night, and he's saying that they might play three quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> put me down as <laughs> – put me down in the Chandler Morris camp. Yeah, yeah, you can come come hang out with me in the Chandler Morris camp. What do you guys think about? Uh, was it Jim Harbaugh saying he's going to give uh, uh, one week to one quarterback and then week two to a different quarterback? What's yeah, nothing Jim Harbaugh does anymore makes any sense. So that's he thought he was going to be the Vikings coach, so he didn't even he had no plans going into this. Yeah, season. hey, speaking of the Vikings, nice that uh, y'all ditched Kellen Mond oh, and let, let him go to Cleveland. What a great what a great day I, to be that, Travis. It could what a great I was about to say. Fans. Could not be a much better day to be Travis Davidson. Yeah. Oh, man. Good, good stuff right there. Brian and Tulsa on the text line. Uh, he says, hey, guys, it's Brian. Just wanting to say, hey, hey to my guys, Travis Parker and Tyler. Much love, guys. Appreciate all you guys do. Boomer always. Appreciate that one, Brian. And our mole in L.A. says, if I'm not working the Dodger game on Saturday, I may sneak into the Coliseum. It won't be the first time I've done it. And it won't be the last time I've done it either. So we'll see if our L.A. Mole can uh, hopefully watch USC lose to food, like Josh Pate says. Lose to rice. It'll, 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 it'll be interesting because it's it's a little bit easier to sneak into a place with 88,000 people in it. If, if that attendance goes from 12 to 13, uh, it's going to be cause for alarm. I've snuck into Floyd Casey Stadium before. before. Really? Yeah, yeah. They had a uh, – well, it wasn't a game day. It was just a, you know, summer day. Oh, okay. Well, that's, and, it's and a the, lot easier to and do. And the bars case. were, like, bent to where clearly I wasn't the first one that's ever done that before, and you could just fit right in between the, the bars there and go right into the stadium. So, I don't know if the new McLean Stadium has that feature or not, but leave it up to the Baylor kids to be bending the bars there so they could sneak in and uh, get inside for free. Baylor, man. Baylor kids. They're a different breed. Baylor, as in general, as a university, is kind of a different. I do love McLean Stadium, though. Yeah, it's no, a very it's nice. Not. Stadium. So we've been looking at the uh, the class calculator today, Travis, and Jordan Renaud would put OU at number two. He's going to commit on September 19th. David Hicks would get them uh, well into number two. Um, what's the absolute ceiling for this class in terms of overall team ranking? What's the floor? for this class if for some reason things were to go terribly wrong down the stretch? I think ceiling is two, floor is six. 
Travis, which is wild think? to think. Like the floor is six. The floor right now is what I would have said the ceiling was six months ago. I remember being on with you guys and saying that it was more likely that we have a top three class than it was that we have an outside the top five class. So I'm going to stick with that and say ceiling is two and the floor is five. Floor is five. Just one up and one up and Parker a little bit because I have to. I, I already guaranteed 100% that we have a top five class and I don't think we're going to have the horses quite to get up to that that Bama level. But hey. You give me a number two class, whoo, man, I'm smiling. Yeah, it's like what would have to happen for the floor to to be the case for this class? Um, because you're not going to – like, I don't even think the bottom is striking out from here on out. Like, they're, they're leading for too many recruitments right now to say, well, the floor means they're not going to get another recruit from here on out. It just means that, you know, maybe you don't close on David Hicks and A&M gets in there. Whatever that means, but yeah, I think that the ceiling for this class is probably six or seven. Uh, excuse me, the floor is six or seven, and the ceiling is probably number two. I don't think that they can catch Alabama, especially since it looks like Bama might get Keon Keeley. And if that's the case, no one's catching Alabama, even OU. But the path to the number two overall class, guys, there is a clear path for it. It absolutely exists. Absolutely, it does. It's going to be a going to be a tough day for Joey Hickey in particular if that happens. Well, and 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 I think what's interesting is Texas A and M can can really benefit OU by playing spoiler to a couple of prospects maybe that we're not after. Um, by I mean they're ranked what forty fifth or forty seventh. Like they only that. have nine commits in this yeah. class. Like, so dang, that's what I'm guys. saying. You do that, and it's funny because I actually hopped on over uh, to Gigum two four seven. Luckily, with my two four seven. Uh, membership I can go read everybody else's boards too um, and and amongst all kinds of people once Fong actually uh, put in the crystal ball for uh, David Hicks everybody was saying oh he just he might be scared of competition you know uh, you know we don't want him anyways if that you know all those particular things but then one person one reasonable person in that fan base said Brent Venables can recruit and he'll recruit the blank out of defensive players we need a big year on the field I'm like man that's, that's refreshing. I didn't think I'd come across one of those. Uh, by the way, guys, they're listening right now in Spanish Fork, Utah. They're listening in San Jose, California. They're listening in Kenai, Alaska, if I'm saying that right. They're listening in Newark, New Jersey. They're even listening down in the southeast portion of the state in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. And you can as well if you search K-R-E-F in the App Store. So, I Parker, we've been... Uh, Kind of you know, telling everyone where everyone's listening from the past week and a half. I want to say Hawaii. Well, no, we got a tweet last week from someone said that they were listening in Hawaii. We may have all 50 states covered in just a span of two weeks. And we've got several countries covered as well. Kenai, Alaska. Alaska is on the board officially today. And that is what we call the KREF Army, folks. Yes, sir. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. More and more football on the other side. Keep it locked in the ref.
All right, final segment of Locked In. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. Travis Davidson and myself taking you from 3 to 6 today. Keep the text coming, 405-651-3439 on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Someone says from the 405, please remind us of the date for DJ Hicks to announce. Thanks. Keep up the good work. There's not an official date that's been released as to when he is going to make his announcement. The only date that we can really give them, Parker, is his official visit is going to be November 19th. But his visit could come, or excuse me, his announcement could come as late as February, January, or as early uh, potentially as late November. Yeah, and I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. I don't think you're going to have to wait past November to find out a decision from. Well, if that's the case, then I feel I feel even better about OU. And yeah, that's true. It could be sooner than that. It could be before he takes the visit. We shall see. Um, Hey, Travis, is Arch going to have a better Friday night than six to twelve for like eighty-seven yards this time around? Eighty. It was eighty-one. Oh, excuse me, eighty-one. Don't give him those extra. Too much credit. (laughs) Yeah, too way too much credit. Um, Well, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can actually get a touchdown through the air. Uh, this Friday, that would be a that would be a first for this season, uh, but I, it can't get much worse. I just can't wait. I'll tell you what. There was an article on the fan cited uh, that some uh, Texas fan wrote it because I was I was looking up the stat line and the and the article was titled Arch Manning silences doubters with dominant performance. And I read it, and all it was was a description of that one play where he ran <laughs> over those third graders. And that's that's what that was the dominant performance that all, it didn't mention anything else. I'm like, at what point? I mean, I, I texted Parker this right after. I was like, at what point? Do, do, who's the first national guy to come out and say, "Look, this is ridiculous. There's no way this guy should be ranked uh, as the best player in the is, country." Is that how low the standard of quarterback play has become on the 40 acres? The point where six of twelve with 81 yards, a touchdown, and a pick is a performance that silences the doubters. Yeah, and his touchdown was on the ground. I don't even think he threw for one. And the safety didn't even try. I mean, someone was, like, pointing him out. I forget which number he is, but it was the most pathetic attempt of effort. Yeah, Yeah, see? That's how bad it was. Travis (laughs) remembers it was number number. 29 at safety. (laughs) At 25 was the linebacker. Yeah, because they'd slow-moed him, and everybody's like, man, what is 29 doing? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if that was, like, Peyton Bowen back there? And he had that much time to run over and lay out, you know, anybody. I mean, you look at any of the safeties, but, I mean, just had a chance to go over there and lower the boom. Oh, man, that's that's exactly how you draw it up. Yeah. And yet and yet he, he slowed down. They, I think they were paid actors. Brian in Tulsa says, of course, he's the number one player in the class if you're playing middle schoolers in high school. Burn! Also, wow. dinner is on Michael from OKC. Because he texted in to say, after Arch committed to Tejas, I bet a short horn $100 that OU would finish in the top 10, and $50 they would finish ahead of Texas. Boom. You know, Cash I, money. I, um, you know, even as optimistic as we all were about OU recruiting way back in May, even I didn't think in, in the month of June, like, you know, Texas, you're just going to have to concede that one, OU fans. They're yeah, going to have like, a really, really good class. It's going to be ranked higher than OU's, but they can't develop whatever. And now it's like, I think OU's going to have a higher-ranked class than Texas. I was still saying done. that like a month ago. Like a month ago, Tyler. I was like, okay, realistically, 
I don't think Oklahoma is going to finish with a better class than Texas. Well, now here we are, and that looks to be a possibility that is very much on the table. Hey, sunshine pumping, you know. So, sometimes we get it right. I mean, that, that, was, right. that was the one we've gotten wrong because we thought that Texas was going to finish with the better class. Uh, if you're getting David Hicks and Jordan Renaud and Tassili Akana and some, a, a couple of others as well, you're gonna finish ahead of UT. I feel Malachi pretty. Coleman, come Malachi on down Coleman, four hundred two. Any other development from that? That's okay. Let me ask you this, Parker. Has that trended as well as OU fans would hope for after a disastrous loss by Nebraska? Has that situation trended like you thought it might? Yes. Okay. And again. I, I can think hear him the, smiling through the through the like, yeah, yeah, yeah you can. Is. I think the one way Nebraska salvages this situation is by beating Oklahoma on September 17th. If that doesn't happen and we have no concrete reason to believe that it would happen, I think Malachi Coleman's going to be a sooner. Would that even help? He's going to be in LA on that day, right? Yeah, He's I'm gonna aware. Going to be at USC. I'm aware. Huh. I said what I said. <laughs> okay. All right, we know what's at stake on November or excuse me, September 17th against Nebraska. It's not just a football game. It's a four-star recruit out of Lincoln East High School in Lincoln, Nebraska. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.